Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 8 a.m. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. The Sitka Assembly may soon roll back quiet hours for all-purpose vehicles on local roads. All-purpose vehicles like ATVs and utility vehicles were legalized for straight street use in Alaska two years ago. Sitka adopted the new state law with its own additional restrictions. An ordinance the Sitka Assembly considered at its regular meeting last night would roll back some of those restrictions by making manufactured two-seat all-terrain vehicles street legal and adjusting the city's early morning curfew for APVs. On January 9th, the Assembly approved an early version of the ordinance that rolled back curfew restrictions only for APVs traveling to the airport or the ferry terminal. But Sitka All-Terrain Riders President Mike Finn said his group wants the midnight to 5 a.m. curfew eliminated. Going to the airport and ferry terminal for departures and arrivals is not really helping us. Nobody's going to drive their APV to the airport with luggage stacked on their racks and leave the APV just sitting there unlocked. The request to remove the curfew is because uh, it's the only mode of transportation for some APV owners. Assemblymember Chris Yastad, who sponsored the original proposal, said they tried to scale this curfew back rather than remove it entirely to improve the ordinance's chance of passing. But he said he'd support an amendment to cut the curfew. You know, someone on a motorcycle or anything, you know, a similar vehicle that just happens to have two wheels instead of four um, can be out at these hours. So um, in general, personally, I, 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 I didn't want it. I didn't want to see it. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to make the amendment. The rest of the assembly was on board with removing the curfew and approved the amended ordinance unanimously. Since the amendment is considered a major change, it will come before the assembly again for a third reading in February. Wildlife troopers rescued a Sitka man after his boat beached in Neva Strait on Monday. Troopers say they received an SOS activation on an inReach device. Troopers and Forest Service personnel responded aboard the FV Courage and found that a 49-year-old man had been stranded in Neva Strait when his 19-foot vessel was grounded by the tide. Troopers say the man was uninjured and transported back to Sitka, where he will retrieve his vessel on the next tide cycle. Juneau school leaders say the district's budget crisis will require major changes to how it operates. As KTOO's Katie Anastas reports, the district superintendent presented three school closure models to the school board this weekend. Last week, the district outlined its budget crisis at a town hall-style meeting in the Yadad Kahle Juno Douglas High School Auditorium. Many parents asked how the district got here, how accounting errors by the district school finance manager, who resigned last month, could have created most of the deficit. But others, like parent Kate Hudson, wanted to know what's next. Our school's going to close, our teacher's going to be sacked, our teacher's going to be told they need to take retirement. What are you actually saying? School board member Will Muldoon responded. I think all of that is on the table. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but absolutely. Member Emil Mackey said parents, students, and teachers might be tempted to advocate for their neighborhood school. The thing that we need from the public is an awareness and an acceptance that nobody is coming out untouched. Nobody. This weekend, Superintendent Frank Hauser brought the board three examples of what school closures might look like. 
The first model involves moving sixth grade to elementary schools and consolidating seventh and eighth grade at one campus. That would let the district close one school. So all the elementary schools in the neighborhood become K through six schools. Um, it is a seven and eight. You would at that point have sixth graders would no longer go to the middle school. It would consolidate Floyd Dryden and Zonskihini to one school with grades seven and eight. And then uh, the high schools would have no change. The second model goes a step further and splits elementary grades into K through three schools and four through six schools. District staff said that could allow them to consolidate the services it provides for younger and older elementary students. The third model would close two schools through a combination of splitting grades and consolidating. But Muldoon said he was hesitant to split up high school grades. You know, like no other district does that, and I don't know how that impacts activity, athletics, and where I get really nervous in regards to those is like, those are, you know, we hear that a lot at site council. Like, those are the reasons those kids come to school. Get times A, and then G, uh, you don't get scholarship for good attendance, right? You get it for those activities, those athletics, those those clubs. All three models would save money by eliminating staff positions, like principals, office staff, and nurses. Increasing class sizes could lead to further staff cuts. District leaders also discussed splitting custodial, maintenance, and utilities costs with the city and borough of Juneau. The board also asked the superintendent to look into four-day school weeks, something the Kenai Peninsula Borough School District is also considering. In Juneau, I'm Katie Anastas. Middle school wrestling teams from all over southern southeast flocked to Petersburg this weekend for the Stikine Invitational. KRBD's Jack Darrell stopped by to see how things were going. In a small room in the back of the Ketchikan Rec Center, the Huskies are doing jumping jacks. They are boys and girls, different ages and weight classes with two things in common. They are students at Ketchikan Charter Middle School, and it's their first year wrestling competitively. After jumping jacks, they begin what, to the outside observer, may look like chaos, but not to the three adults in the room. Hannah Bales is one of the coaches. Oh man, I'm such a geek for wrestling. She gets the wrestlers into two lines. They knee walk and somersault down the length of the room. Next, some of the kids start grappling with each other on the mats. Here, look what I just got. Practices begin January 3rd, but Bales says some of the kids just joined the team and have only practiced a few times. Still, they're getting on the ferry to Petersburg in the morning. We don't have any uh, fancy speedboats like Wrangle and Klawak and Craig. They get to just zip straight over. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long journey, especially some of these kids. I think hasn't this might be their first time away from home without a parent. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Bill says that outside of rough housing with an older sibling, very few of the kids have done this before. For some, wrestling clicked right away. Others have improved significantly over the last month since training began. Determination, I think, is the overall award that I would give this team. Bill says there's no shortage of commitment to the sport. She says one wrestler on the team up until a week ago was flunking a couple of classes. The school wasn't going to let them travel for the tournament, but the student turned it around. Bill says as of last night, they would be on the mat in Petersburg. You know, a lot of these kids have some pretty intense stuff going on at home have intense stuff that's going on at school. Um, and the kids who are here right now want to be here. 
It's also Bale's first year coaching wrestling and a bit of a full circle moment for her. Girls wrestling was not an option for me when I was in high school, but I wanted a wrestler boyfriend. None of them would date me. Um, so then finally, years later, I meet Joey Fama, who's our head coach here, and he, uh, he's been coaching wrestling for forever. Fama is also her husband. The coaching team is a bit of a family affair. The third coach is Nick Fama, Bale's brother-in-law. Joey Fama, the head coach, grew up wrestling and has been a coach for nearly a decade. I mean, this age group's so much fun. I mean, just everybody's learning. We got a lot of new wrestlers, and it's fun just to, you know, see them come into their, you know, form and, and learn about their bodies and how they move, you know. And middle schoolers, they just, they want a rough house, you know. It's just natural for them. So giving them a safe place to do that is awesome. He says wrestling teaches confidence both physical confidence in middle schoolers becoming comfortable with their own bodies and mental confidence that they can overcome hurdles no matter the size. And Fama says this regional tournament may be the biggest hurdle yet. It's the first one's always shocking, you know, just for the kids because they don't really understand how intense it is, you know, going out there and wrestling six minutes. Peyton McElwin is one of the wrestlers head to the tournament. My name is Peyton McElwin. I'm famous now, uh, JK. And um, it's my first year wrestling. She says wrestling has already helped her beat her biggest opponent, her older brother. And now I can finally throw my brother around, and he's not stronger than me anymore, so that's fun. And she's confident about her chances this weekend as well. I'm really excited for the tournament because I feel like, like I'm not the strongest, but I'm not the weakest either. So I feel like I'm going to be able to like beat a lot of people and like throw him and learn moves. Her friend Sophie Mackie offers that she may be the weakest, but that hasn't stopped her. I'm probably the weakest on the team and the lightest because I'm like 77 pounds, but like I feel like I keep getting thrown around because everyone got like 20 pounds on me, but that's besides the point. And I'm excited for the tournament. On the other end of the spectrum is Malachi Lalea. He's arguably the strongest member of the team. He grew up wrestling with his brothers, and today, to prepare for the tournament, he's sparring with Coach Fama. He's big, aggressive, you know. Uh, he's probably what I expect going to Petersburg. Lilea echoes Coach Bales. He says the team has come a long way in the last month. Whatever happens in Petersburg, they'll be ready. Yeah, I think our team's somewhat prepared, but there's definitely going to be some flaws throughout the season, but... I think our team is pretty ready. The next morning, they boarded the ferry. Roughly 60 wrestlers compete in the Invitational, and thanks in part to the girls of Ketchikan Charter School, this was the first year that the Stikin tournament had enough girls for its own division. 11 out of the 13 wrestlers that went to Petersburg placed in the top four of their weight division, and four wrestlers took second place. Malachi Lalea, along with Abby Benson, Ethan Benson, and Piper Beasley. In Ketchikan, I'm Jack Darrell. And that's all for Raven News.